Hello, this is Sandra Gidley, President of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society, and I'm here today with Gina Martini, our Chief Scientist. We're here because it's World Pharmacist Day. Thank you to all pharmacists everywhere who are making such a difference. Your efforts have not gone unnoticed. The theme for World Pharmacist Day is transforming global health. Often the very unsung heroes in all of this are the pharmacists who work in industry and the pharmaceutical scientists. So today we wanted to shine the spotlight on them. and They're very important to us. Gino, perhaps you could start by explaining why science is important to pharmacy and pharmacists. I think I use it every day, but over to you now. Thank you, Sandra. And actually, I'm the chief scientist for the World Pharmaceutical Society, I actually did train in community pharmacy. That was my first area of practice. And I was often told when I was training in community pharmacy that, you know, that we're the scientists on the high street and the science underpins practice. And, you know, I really got to understand that. I remember an old age pensioner coming to the pharmacy I was working at and she asked me, why can't I chew these tablets? Of course, when I examined the tablets, they were modified release tablets. As you know, modified release tablets slowly control how much of the drug has been released. Of course, if you start chewing them, then you break down the mechanism of why the drug has been released and therefore it doesn't work. And it really struck me that how important it was that being a pharmacist, understanding modified release, understanding science, I could actually inform that patient of the right way to take their medicine. And that was a very big learning point for me. And that's why I do like the science on high street expression and the science on the opinion practice. It's not a favourite of mine. But more importantly, as we move towards more sophisticated medicines and diagnostics, I think one of the first uh, meetings I went to as chief scientist, I actually saw a community pharmacist, would you believe, actually leading a clinical trial on this new technique to measuring um, atrial fibrillation. This is the ECG monitors. And the trial was led by a pharmacist. It was conducted in pharmacies. And it allowed that pharmacist to actually examine patients, very sophisticated diagnostic where you put two fingers on the tab. And basically, if you had an atypical or unusual ECG, they, they could refer you to a consultant. And of course, people understand about atrial fibrillation heart failure, that's often what we call a silent disease. You don't understand you've got it until it could be, could be too late. That really struck me, and I understood the impact of pharmacists working in tandem with the pharmaceutical industry. And then as we move more towards things like pharmacogenomics and precision medicine, where we're moving away from one-size-fits-all medicine to a very precise, bespoke therapeutic regimen for that individual, uh, obviously the pharmacist will play uh, a much bigger role. And of course, if we go back to patients and general public expectations, I think they, they do understand or would expect pharmacists to understand how medicines are discovered, developed, manufactured, regulated, used and dare I say abused and I think that's a very important point so hopefully you know this is why science is important to all pharmacists and obviously very important to the industry uh, as well. I've always been very impressed by the broad science-based education that I had. So my interests in the final year were drug design and linked with microbiology. So 
I can talk to the pharmaceutical chemist, I can talk to the geneticist, I can talk to the microbiologist, lots of other health professionals that we can relate to. So it really is a degree that can take you anywhere. And I'm constantly amazed how after so many years on the register, I still use some of that basic science to explain things to people about how medicines work. So obviously it's important to the profession, but as the RPS, you're the chief scientist, why do you think science is so important to us as an organisation? Well, I think we are a professional uh, leadership body, and I think it's rather non-negotiable for a professional leadership body not to be at the cutting edge of science and innovation, and that our members, you know, pharmacists working you know, in community or in hospital, as well as in the industry, are kept up to speed with the latest developments in medicines. So I think that's an important point. And I think, you know, if you think about the history of the RPS and RPSGB, our predecessor, they've always had the chief scientist, certainly in my living memory. And that shows you how important it is, I think, to the profession that we've had that kind of uh, leadership or role. Not many professional leadership bodies have a chief scientist. And I think that shows the commitment of the RPS to the role of science. And in that capacity, I have a science research committee, which has been led by uh, Professor Christine Bond. Over this year, she stands out. A great chairperson has been leading that now for over 10 years. So, And we have a list of experts in their field who help advise you, Sandra, and me, the assembly and the various boards of the latest developments in medicines. So, for example, they, we, we took a pivotal role in the rescheduling of cannabis, which is a very controversial medicine, which due to a number of different issues has never really been fully explored and, and, and investigated. It's been done very much in, in patches. Well, that's an interesting one because we actually had a debate at conference. I think that was kicked off by your predecessor, Tony Moffat, who was one of the speakers. Should we do more work on this? So it ticked my boxes as a, an ex-politician that we were having a democratic debate on science that yeah. informed our future policy. But we, we were way ahead of the field on the research base but when um, cannabinoids came in and a lot of community pharmacists were worried about those and what the implications were I think that was um, another occasion when we asked our experts for the science behind it so that we could be more informed and you came up trumps. Oh, thank you, Sandra, and I will share that with the Science Research Committee. I think it's really important because you're right, Tony Moffat did actually instigate the investigation into this. For people don't understand, because of so, many, so much controls around the, uh, the investigation of cannabis, that actually hampered research in cannabis. And that's why we're, we're in the position we are today. We don't really fully understand it because those proper controlled trials really couldn't happen. And so we don't really want to, uh, for that to happen again. So, yeah, the RPS has had a great role in cannabis research, at least try to remedy the issue that, that was happening, what was hampering the research. And again, as you said, when we understood that rescheduling was going to occur, our team of experts got together and actually help put the rescheduling arguments together as to what we could and couldn't do. And then again, we did that with e-cigarettes. I mean, there's a great debate by e-cigarettes. Our experts, again, worked together to help put some guidance for our members. So that's just two examples of what we tried to do. And of course, more recently, uh, the science research team, uh, which I, I have a small team at the society, working with, what, with the science research committee and working with the wider uh, RPS organization, basically led what we call intelligence and research group. And what we did was we scanned the environment on all matters to do with COVID-19 and what information was processed by the teams well over a thousand individual pieces of, of research 
we themed them, we collated them, and then we were able to inform our members. So a lot of stuff on the COVID-19 webpage has come through this process of analytics. On a practical level, Gino, your work on PPE, for example, gathering all the evidence, not just looking at selected evidence, um, that wider science base, did help secure PPE for community pharmacists um, that they should use it because at one stage everybody was saying that there was no need for pharmacists to wear masks, gloves, etc. So again, as a community pharmacist, pharmacist. There's a direct link there between what the science department is doing and what I was able to do to protect myself on the ground. No, thank you, Sandra. And, and I think it's a truly team effort. It was, you know, it was the, the, the science research team working with other members of the RPS organisation support, as well as our guys in comms. And we really got it together. It's using analytics, though, getting that information, reading papers. So, for example, we had a situation of ibuprofen. Do you use it or not use it? And again, you know, we, we had to make that call and say to our members, well, based on what we've read, what we've, what we've understood, this is our view. And I think we were proven to be right. And that's why we're using science and intelligence to actually give us comfort that the decision we're making has, has a science element. And from now on, moving forwards, we have a science intelligence group now whose job it is just to keep monitoring the environment particularly as COVID seems to be coming back. So that's what we've been doing. And I'm very proud of the work that's been done. And like I said, it's been a team effort. I'm, I'm very pleased, Sandra, that you personally found the work of some use and of value. I certainly did. But that's the everyday. What about the extraordinary? I mean, are there actually any famous or influential pharmaceutical scientists? Are there any who are a household name or worthy of a mention? <laughs> well, you know what? I've got a list of people I think we should mention. Some who thought you passed away and some I think uh, will make you smile and, and some who are, who are alive and kicking us. I mean, the person I want to talk about initially and I think should really honour is Stuart Adams. Now, it may not be a name people would associate with pharmacy, but actually, but he's taken this drug and he invented ibuprofen. Uh, he was based in Nottingham. I think he worked with Boots actually, and he discovered ibuprofen and used it to treat a hangover. Dare I say it? It's a very effective treatment for hangovers. It is. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but Stuart Adams, I think, is worthy of a big mention. He did an extremely great job, and uh, I hope his family appreciate the shout out for him. Obviously, Lieutenant Colonel Edward Harrison. We have the Harrison Prize, which we awarded uh, recently to Professor Molly Stevens. But he invented the gas mask during World War One and saved thousands of lives. And I think there's a special mention from Winston Churchill at the time. So that he'd lived from 40 pack. He died literally about four weeks before a ceasefire. He would have been made a brigadier general, I think. So he's somebody I think, you know, we, we talk about. And then, of course, a famous pharmaceutical scientist like Rosalind Franklin, who actually deciphered the helical structure of DNA the famous photo 51. We kind of forget their origins, don't we? And that's a real shame. We yeah, probably ought yeah. to do a bit more to celebrate these wonderful people. She unfortunately lost her battle of her encounter at the age of 37. Imagine that. She'd helped decipher DNA. That's just an remarkable achievement. And of course, Gertrude Elion, I mean, she was Burroughs Welcome. Great work in antivirals, but certainly anti-leukemia drugs. She discovered some very important ones. And two people who I met and had a big impact on me, who unfortunately passed away prematurely, was Professor John Steinforth, University of Bath, who I actually put one of his technologies into a, a product that's now on the market called the Mitchell XR, and, and his technology we, we utilised. And of course, Professor Chris McGuigan, at Cardiff University pharmacy departments who developed one of very important antiviral drugs, very, very topical. Of course, he passed away. And then we talk about vaccines. Dr. Morris Hillman from MSD, very prolific vaccinologist, has developed over 40 vaccines 
for human and animal use. I think we often forget the impact vaccines have had on human health. Vaccines have made a massive impact. And we talk about novelty and the breadth of our profession, but we forget that Avika Christie, trained in pharmacy, uh, no doubt influenced her works in, in sparking cyanide. And then, of course, John Pemberton, the inventor of Coca-Cola, who invented it as a tonic for patients. And then Charles Anderton, you know, he invented Dr. Pepper again, developing tonics for patients. So it shows you the breadth of our profession, Sandra. It does. And it just goes to show that those pharmacists have made huge impacts on everyday life, whether it's your hangover cure, something you mix with your favoured spirit, which might cause the hangover or in helping the everyday technology of your medicines or the vaccinations to keep the global population healthy. As a woman, I was particularly pleased when Molly Stevens got her fellowship of the Royal Society. That's a very prestigious award, uh, not won by many women, and very few pharmacists have been recognised in that way. So good to see a female pharmacist receiving the accolade. But pharmaceutical scientists can join the RPS, can't they, Gino? They can. And we do have members who are pharmaceutical scientists. First, it's fairly straightforward. The only stipulation is that you've been working in the pharmaceutical sciences arena for at least two years. So it's not for students, it's for people who've worked a couple of years postgraduate. So by all means, I would you know encourage people to apply. Any suggestions, any questions you may have, email me on science at rpharmes.com. Thank you, Gina. And it's been really useful to learn a bit more about the contribution that pharmaceutical scientists and pharmacists have made to the science underpinning our profession. But today is World Pharmacists Day. And I want to say thank you again, not just to the pharmaceutical scientists, but to pharmacists working in all practices and in all parts of the world, because we have international members. Thank you for what you do.